Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com. So we are in week number uh, three in a series that we call um, Finding Favor. And we, we love to, to teach about the favor of God. How many, um, when you started hearing about God's favor, it did just, it really changed, it revolutionized just your faith and your thinking. And so this is one of those series that, that will do that if you allow it. And so real quick review, we started in week number one. And we did a message called Finding Favor, uh, or, or started the series Finding Favor, and we did a message called Favor Changes Everything. And, and we, we made these points that when you seek God, you'll what? You'll find him. And when you find God, you're going to discover favor. And when you actually start to discover favor, you, you're, you're, going to, you're, you're going to ignite your faith. And then last week, we built off that idea of igniting our faith for favor and talked about how we become confident in the favor of God, we confess the favor of God, we confirm the favor of God, and just really talked about the difference between um, being sin-minded or failure-minded and becoming favor-minded. And so we're going to continue to build on, on this, and as you saw in the video next weekend, we're going to do a Sunday night thing at the amphitheater. So we won't be in here on Sunday morning, but we got a lot of cool games. Uh, we actually have a dunk tank. I'm getting in it. Don't run up and hit it. You have to, I, I hate that, don't you? I know there'll be somebody do it. You have to throw the ball, hit the thing. Anyways, you, you can dunk me if you want to. And a few others. So we'll have a dunk tank, got some cool games from five to seven. And at seven o'clock, we'll kick off at the amphitheater. So you don't want to, you don't want to miss that. It's going to be good. But we'll come back the week after that and, and wrap up this series in a message called Experiencing the Favor of God. And we'll look at what the favor of God does in our life. It, it produces five um, really, really, really amazing um, influences in your life. Does these five amazing things for you? And we'll talk about that. So we're, we're going to set this all up this morning. And when I talk about the favor of God, it's important for us to really define that. And you can't really define the favor of God just with a thought. You can't really define the favor of God with just a definition. You can't really define the favor of God with just one sentence. But the favor of God means some things like this. It's when a superior takes a liking to an inferior and does for them what they could never do for themselves. And, it, and they do it without any expectation of getting anything back in return. Uh, the favor of God can be described as the unearned, undeserved, unmerited goodness of God. It's just a supernatural manifestation of the generosity and the goodness of God, even despite ourselves. And so we have to understand that God's a good God. Amen? Look at someone and say, God is good. And I know that life's experiences and I know that religion has led you or taught you or influenced you even to believe the opposite of that. And we've got to change our stinking thinking and alter our stinking thinking so we're, we understand that God's a good God. And if God is a good God, he does good things on our behalf. But we've got to have that shift in our theology, that shift in our belief, for, for God to really have an open door to do some good things in our life, whether that's our relationships, whether that is our resources, whether that is our purposes. And so that's really what the favor of God is, understanding God is good, and God is a God of goodness, and God is a God of generosity. Now, now listen to this. The favor of God actually means to be approved, to be endorsed, 
to be supported. It means to be given an advantage, uh, to be privileged, to be regarded highly. Uh, all of that is provided when you come into a relationship with God. When you come into a relationship with God, you go from being uh, an enemy of God to being a child of God, and now you're the target of God's goodness. And that's, that's, a, that's a mind shift, that's a heart shift, that's a, a theology shift. Uh, now, that does not mean that you go through life without any problems or challenges. That just means no matter what you go through, you can champion those things. You can overcome those things. You can have victory in all of those things. So the, the favor of God is just how God manifests his goodness in our lives. How many believe that to be true? So when we start to believe that, that should give us a, what, an, an expectation of God's goodness. So let, let's make a declaration. Here we go. I believe and I declare... I am deeply loved, I am greatly blessed, and I am highly favored. I am growing in favor with God and with others. People are looking to bless me, even if they don't know why. Favor brings increase, promotion, restoration, recognition, unprecedented victory, preferred treatment. So I declare, I am surrounded by the favor of God, like a shield. It goes before me, with me, and follows me. And every time I recognize it, I will thank him for it. So we've been reading this scripture in this series, Proverbs chapter 3. Reads this way, the first few verses. My child, never forget the things I've taught you. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. Never let loyalty and never let kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep in your heart. Look at verse four. Then you will find favor, what it says, both with God and what? With others. And you'll earn a good reputation. King Solomon is reminding us in these verses that if, we, if our lives are rooted down deep in the truth of the gospel, the truth of God's word, then we, we discover the goodness of God, we discover the favor of God. And the word for favor here means grace or God being gracious to us. So the Bible says when we discover the commands of God or the word of God and we tie them around our lives... It brings favor with God and it brings favor with man, or it brings the grace of God, the goodness of God, or a manifestation of all that God is and all that God is. So we have discovered that we can find favor with God. Now the Bible also tells us that we not only find favor with God, but, but check this out. This is Luke chapter 2, verse 52, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. So not only do we find favor, guess what? You can actually what? Elevate in favor. You can increase in favor. You can grow in favor. You can go from one level of favor to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. That's exciting, right? But, but let me throw this little, this little question or this little phrase or this little statement out to you. Um, what if Finding favor and then growing in favor or increasing in favor, because we all know that's a good thing, right? But what if all of the increase of favor with God and man um, had to do with, um, how can I word it? What if, um, 
growing in favor had to do with our attitude. What, what, what if that was true? That our attitude had everything to do with favor being attracted to our life. Now, we understand we learned last week that it ignites faith and how to grow. It takes faith because we learned last week that God loves everyone the same, but he actually favors people different according to their favor in the, or their faith in the goodness of God. But, but, but what if our attitude had everything to do with how favor is attracted or even repelled from our lives? So what I'd like to do this morning is talk about how favor is attracted to our lives how we can increase in the favor of God. Psalm 119, we're going to read you a few verses here. This is a really cool passage of, of, of Scripture. Y'all doing all right this morning? You are a quiet bunch. Here's what I think. I think we stay up with this anticipation and expectancy for WVU football to make us happy people, <laughs> and we just get depressed. Y'all got to let that go. Just let it, let it, let it go. There's always, there's always basketball season. It's coming up soon. All right, start with me, if you would, in verse 57, and we're going to read a few verses here. You are my satisfaction, Lord, and you're all that I need, so I'm determined to do everything that you say. What are we talking about? Attitude. Here's attitude right here. With all my heart, I seek your what? Favor. Pour out your grace on me as you have promised. I like this next statement. When I realize I'm going astray, I turn back to obey. Isn't that cool? When I realize I'm going astray in some areas of my life, I turn back, I start to obey your instructions. I give my all to follow your revelation light. I will not delay to obey. Even if temptation encircles me with evil, I won't forget for a moment to follow what you've commanded. In the middle of the night, I awake to give you thanks because of all of your revelation lights. So right and so true. Anyone who loves you and bows in obedience to your words will be my friend. Give me more revelation of your ways, for I see your love and your tender care everywhere. Your extravagant kindness, that's another way of saying favor, to me makes me want to follow your words even more. Teach me how to make good decisions and give me revelation light, for I believe in all of your word or your commands. Before I was humbled or I came to you, I used to always wander astray, but now I see the wisdom of your words. Everything that you do is beautiful, and it flows from what? Your goodness or your favor or your grace. Teach me the power of your wonderful words. Isn't that a cool passage of scripture? And if I was just going to summarize that, it's, it's just this. God, thank you for your revelation. Thank you for... Your revelation that I see in your words. In your words, your word, of, your, your, the word of God is the will of God. It's the ways of God. And when we get revelation of the will of God or the words of God or the ways of God, um, that should ignite something in us to understand how good his commands are. Not just because God's good, because it's good for us to follow that revelation. And as we do that, guess what we see in our life? Our lives become a home for the goodness of God. They become a place where the, the, the goodness of God or the word of God can take residency. And that's really what that scripture is, is all about. God, I see how good your words are. I want to follow your word. Not only is it true wisdom, but it is true wisdom for, 
my life, for how I'm to live, for all my decisions. And so really what that section of scripture is about is a principle I'd like to just talk to you about for a moment. I call it the principle of recognition. The principle of recognition. So here's what that would mean. The things in your life that you choose to recognize, maybe you could use the word identify, respect, put weight in. The things in your life that you choose or allow yourself to recognize, it attracts those things to your life. The things in your life that you choose not to celebrate will exit your life. But but what is it that I put my heart and my focus that I determine is important? That's what I recognize. So when I recognize that the word of God is the will of God, it's the ways of God for my life, and I recognize the importance of the word of God, I recognize the importance of his revelation, what that does is it attracts to my life the results of that recognition. Now, that could also work in in the opposite way. If I put my focus and heart and thought and feelings on other things in life, it will attract those things to my life. If if all I do is recognize the the world's culture, the world's entertainment, the world's news, it's going to attract that to my life. If all I recognize is the hurt and the failure in yesterday to my life, it will attract that to my life. But when I choose to recognize the will of God and the word of God and the ways of God, guess what it's going to attract to my life? The goodness of the word of God, the, the results of the word of God. So another way of, of, I guess, saying this is, so we're talking about attitude, our attitude toward the things of God, and I'm going to say this the way that I'll put this down. The principle of recognition is the key to attracting the favor of God to our lives. Now, now here's where we're going this morning. Developing a spirit of excellence Developing a spirit of honor is just the key to the favor of God. So once again, what are we saying? How, how, do, how do I, okay, I understand putting, being faith-minded about uh, the favor of God, but how, how do I make sure that it is attracted to my life? It's something that we don't hear or talk about a lot of, anymore, and that's just honoring A spirit of honor and excellence is what attracts the favor of God to our lives. So let let me explain that. Honor is knowing who or what to value, who or what to respect, who or what to, to treat as weighty in our lives, to treat with regard. And excellence is knowing how to make that choice of honor. Honor is this, I know who and what I respect who and what I put value to, who and what I esteem. And excellence is making that choice of honor. It's that attitude thing. So if I said to you, how do you attract greater degrees of honor or or favor to your life? It's an attitude of honor and excellence. Now elbow that person again and say, that's that's good right there. So it's it's this attitude or this disposition that I have. The favor of God is not something magical. If you're good enough, you get, because remember, it's grace. So it starts with understanding the favor of God. God's good. Um, it, it continues with just putting faith in the favor of God. And it's living my life, arranging my life, choosing with my life what I'm going to honor. Because what I choose to honor is what's going to be attracted to my life. Are you all with me so far? 
So what I want to do is stop for a moment before I give you some points. And we've been doing some little interviews in the middle of this. So uh, I'm going to ask, there he is. I'm going to ask, this is, this is Clay. So I say, hello, Clay. Hello. <laughs> so come on out here. Praise and, the Lord. And, and join me. And so um, I, I picked some people just in, in, in these, these messages that uh, have shared stories with me and have the evidence of, of God's favor on their life. And so uh, I know from knowing you that um, God has tremendously favored you, your family, your, your, your business. And so I thought we'd Amen. ask you, you, you a couple questions. So how have you seen God's favor um, do for you what you couldn't do for yourself? Could I uh, do something for us before you do that? You, sure. Okay, amen. So uh, Pastor Diane kind of had this thing going back and forth about who's the favorite. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just had to bring this out because she was up here a few weeks ago and brought that out, you know, how she is the favorite. But I think she's a real close second. But anyway... Uh, <laughs> We're favored to have you as pastors. <laughs> so uh, when you got to telling that story about going to Pittsburgh and buying shoes, I just say, I've bought lots of shoes, lots of pairs of shoes. I've never left with just one. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, you know, shoes have souls, so I think yeah. you had a lost soul out there somewhere. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> and like, you know, so you prayed and tried to get it back and couldn't get it back, and finally Pastor Diane put her faith to it. Favor came upon her, and that lost soul came home. I think that was kind of like the, the prodigal son there. Maybe there was a message in that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I didn't mean to disrupt. No, that's good. That's good. I just had to do that. I was just saying, how, how, how have you seen in your life, your family, your business, how have you seen God favor that and do for you what you couldn't have done for yourself? Gosh, so many times, so many things uh, favored. So thinking about that, uh, I remember one time I got set up by God. He set me up. I don't know if you've ever been set up by God, but that's a good thing. So anyway, uh, this was about three years ago. Sarah and I were going camping in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Phil and Christine Wright also went with us. We both pulled our campers down there. Um, that evening I was sitting out in my lawn chair Saw this elderly woman walking two dogs, and they got in a fight, and one took off, and I jumped up out of my chair, thought I could go catch that dog. When I got back to my site, I had real shortness of breath, really uh, had a hard time breathing, and I wrestled with that all night long. Next morning, things I was doing better, and I said to Phil and Christine, I said, uh, who are my guardian angels? <laughs> I said, go on and out and have some fun. We'll catch up to you later. I may go down here and get checked out. Well, what's going on? I said, well, I don't know. I said, I think I'm okay. Well, Phil goes over to his campsite, gets in his truck, pulls over, and blocks me in on my truck. He says, get in. We're going to the hospital. <laughs> and so uh, I thought maybe he was actually going to handcuff me or something. He's ex-state police, you know. So, <laughs> so I, I got in, and we went down to the hospital, and uh, they checked me out and said, yes, you did have a heart attack. And uh, so what we're going to do is send you over to, there's a local hospital in Knoxville who does this sort of thing. And so we're going to send you over there and get you checked out. And he said they'll probably put a stint or two in and send you back camping. So they went and checked me out and found out that... Uh, I was a mess, so I, I, they said, you need at least a quad. It ended up being a five-way bypass, but uh, uh, they, they did that. 
it was a really tough operation for me, but to, I remember them coming out and telling my sons, here's death and here's your dad. I was a big guy, so it was a tough operation. And anyway, God brought me through all that. So just to say that I was set up, so God put me near Knoxville, near this hospital. Can you hear me? I've been, been talking in the mic. Uh, he put me in this near this hospital with two people that got me to the hospital, you know, and, uh, and got me through this. Had I come home or shoved that off, I may have had that heart attack and just passed. Mm. But, you know, God, God provided that for me. He looked out for me. He, he knew my stubbornness. And he, so I call Phil now, you know, he, uh, the, the favor is the enhancer, I think, to a Christian's life. So it just enhances us. It mm. makes everything better. There used to be this, um, uh, company on TV, BASF or something like that. It says, we don't make the products, but we make them better. Mm. I think that's what favor does. Favor just helps your Christian walk. They don't, favor doesn't save you. Faith and grace does that, but right. it just makes everything better in your Christian walk. So I call Phil the enforcer now. He's my guardian angel. <laughs> I have to, I, he's not sitting on the front row, but I know he's here today. But uh, anyway, God just set me up and, and brought that healing to my life. Mm. and has healed me as I've testified before so many other yeah. ways, so many other times. Yeah. So what, what do you think it takes for somebody? Because everyone's from different backgrounds, and some of us um, have sort of no spiritual background, and some of us have really religious backgrounds. And how does it go? Because that puts us in a really negative mindset, our anticipation, our expectation, and we just don't anticipate or expect the goodness of God. We always think God's against us. How do you shift from that sort of mind thinking to being favor-minded or expecting God's best? You have to renew your mind. You have to get to know what the Word says. Because I expect it every day. I expect today I'll be favored before I get out of here. I'll be, I'll be favored all day. I'll be favored all my life. I don't not expect it anymore. And I didn't know that before I came to LifePoint. I really just thought, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, we just pray and ask God for stuff, and if it happens, it happens, and right. but now there's a great expectation. Great. You need to have a great expectation. What God has for you, all amen. the, <laughs> amen. So you've seen that touch your physical life. Yes. You've seen that touch your family. Yes. We know you guys have a great business. We have a lot of business people. How, how have you seen that even happen in what you do? Not, not everyone owns a business, but we have careers, we have jobs. How, how, how have you seen that? How can you help someone like, this is how it even works, not just for health, but, but in your, your purposes Amen. and so, career? You know, so if we go back to the first days of Sarah and I's lives, and God has favored me with such a great woman, and she's a faith woman, and she's awesome. She's my partner, but we were so poor at one time that uh, you say you couldn't pay attention. Well, so we were beyond that, I think. Yeah. So, when I say we tell people, we lived on deer meat and potatoes. We'd fill that freezer full of deer meat, we'd eat out veggies out of the garden. <laughs> and, uh, but God has so blessed us, so we begin to learn about prosperity and just God's blessing. And God has so blessed us in that way now that I, I remember in the business, um, 1997, me and my sons bought my partner out, and things got really tough. Small towns, small businesses were going out of business right and left, mm -hmm. and, and things got really tough in that business. And so uh, we ended up buying our partner out and just began to say, hey, guys, we, we're not going to make it unless we put faith to this thing. So we put God first. We said, 
Jesus gave us two commandments, to love your father with all your heart, mind, and soul, mm-hmm. and to love your neighbors yourself. So put God first. So put him first in your business or whatever it is. And then just love people. I mean, just love people. It's, you know, we're in the furniture business. It wasn't about just making money. It was about taking care of people. If you just love people, mm. the other stuff will follow. Mm. So I remember being so poor in, in my business. So we were struggling so bad. I used to close my office door and lay my hand on our checkbook, lay face down before the Lord and say, Lord, I need some money in this account so I can pay some bills. Mm. Now I do the same thing. I close the door, I lay face down, I put my hand on the checkbook and say, where do you want me to send the money? Because mm. it's never a problem. Wow. <laughs> wow. I've been so blessed. So, so some of the things we did, Darius, we, you know, it's not, I don't want to get religious. It's, it's okay if you don't, but we... We don't open on Sundays. We try to honor God that day and Mm -hmm. give our people time to go worship and spend time with family. Mm -hmm. And we tithe our business. And so it's just uh, God has opened the heavens. Mm -hmm. So back in, you know, 1997, we had one little store that was basically going out of business. It was tough. And then all of a sudden now, you know, the Lord's blessed us with seven employees. Three of them was me and two of my sons. And now we have seven stores, a state-of-the-art warehouse with 100 employees and so blessed financially. It's all about him. It wasn't us. It's all about him. Absolutely. Absolutely. Actually, I think that sets me up perfect for what I want to say. So thank you for sharing that with us. One last thing. If if you could encourage all of us, because God wants to do those same things for all of his kids, what what would you encourage people to to do or or be to, to... to shift into that, that mode where God can do what he did for you for, for others. God always wants good for you. He's never putting anything bad uh, towards you. So when I bought my partner out, God said, put me in your boat, you won't sink. Put him in your marriage, you won't sink. Put him in your business, you won't sink. Put him in everything you do, you won't sink. So just get a mindset that he's always for me. He's never against me. It's not woe is me. Mm. We, we get to serve him. We get to give. It's not a have to. It's an opportunity. I'm telling you, just uh, love God with your, your heart, mind, and soul. Get your mindset. Get into the word of God. It'll change you. It'll build your faith. Faith brings favor. So as your faith grows, your favor grows. Mm. And so just, you know, God's word is so powerful. Be here and listen to this message. Listen to the message, Pastor Aaron brings because when you get home you know we get out of here and we high-five each other and say wow wasn't that awesome today but when you get home go over that message and just uh, think how can I use that to change something in my life mm. get your mindset to know that God is for you he's not against you if you've not put him in your life put him in your life first you've got to be born again you've got to receive Jesus as your savior and then that starts the beginning of being blessed and being favored so you, your your mindset the word of God will change your mindset, just I encourage you just to put God first in whatever you're doing, in everything you're doing, and just, uh, you know, learn his word, change your mind, get your mind uh, walking toward the spirit. If you walk in the spirit, he can bless you. If you walk in the flesh, it's difficult, but God's always for you, and uh, this, is a, this is just an awesome message on favor. I just, I love the favor of God. Uh, 
you know, faster. I don't, I don't know what else. <laughs> no, that was good. I want you to um, help me uh, thank Grace. Thank you so much for, for sharing that with us. Thank you. So let me share with you um, three life points of how favor gets attracted to your life because the favor of God flows, or honor, I should say, flows in three directions. So honor attracts the favor of God to our life. This honor, this excellent spirit attracts the favor of God to our life. Uh, let's look at a scripture. First Samuel chapter 2, verse 30 says, Therefore, the God of Israel says this, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now, says the Lord, for far be it from me, for those who honor me I will honor, and those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed by me. What God is saying is, when you honor me, I will honor you. If you treat me lightly, I will esteem you lightly. So what God is actually saying to us with this honor thing is that when we really honor the, the word of God, the ways of God, the will of God, God from that honors our life with favor. Now, honor is not just what you do. It's, it's your thoughts. It's your words. It includes your actions. That's how we honor. And when we honor God and his word and his will and his ways, what God does is God favors our life. So honor moves in three directions. You ready? Here we go. First of all, honor flows upward. Everyone say upward. upward. Honor flows upward. So when we choose to honor God, I know that's cliche, but really honoring God in our thoughts, our words, and our actions, just like Clay was saying, I, I, even with our business, with our family, what do we do? We honor God. It has an upward flow, which means if the word of God explains or commands something, then, then how do you honor? With the spirit of excellence, you obey those things. It's this respect that we have. It means we treat something weighty. If you, if we need to treat the word of God with complete weight and the highest priority of our lives. That if God said it, that settles it for us. It's the priority of our life. It has this upward flow of always respecting, always esteeming, always putting honor toward the things of God. Let, let, let me give you a couple of examples how, how that works. The Bible says this, honor the Lord with what? Your first fruits. When you honor God with the tithe. See, whatever you honor God with, that's what God takes to honor you back with. If I honor God with my resources, what area does God honor me back in or favor me in? Resources. You, you can't dishonor the tithe and expect God to honor your resources. It, it just it doesn't work that way. Um, if we honor God with our time, God has this amazing way of honoring moments of our life. When we honor God with our talents and our gifts and the things that we have, God has this amazing way of honoring us with what? These amazing opportunities. Everyone say honor. honor. And I think I mentioned this. We just don't talk about honor much in our, there's a lack of honor in our culture. That's why these are, this is the, this is a priority I believe we need to bring back into the house of God. So when we're honoring up, obviously that's, that's honoring it's honoring God, but do you understand that that also means like whoever may be a leader in my life, I respect, I honor, I esteem. If you are uh, a student, that means if I honor my coach, my teacher, favor, my boss at work, how I, whatever attitude I conduct myself with at work, 
That's what God uses to honor you. If you're disrespecting to your boss or your leader, you know God can't honor you back. If you're sitting in your cubicle complaining with everyone and then shout about the it doesn't work that way. That, that's ignoring a spirit of excellence. See, here's what happens when we honor upward. God favors downward with, with increase, with blessing, with promotion. Is, is how our heart is turned to the things of God. I, I hope that's getting across. That's what God takes or uses to bless us or to honor us in, in, in return. Have you ever thought about this? Um, if you want a new car or a new house, what do you do with your current house? Honor excellent. If you want a new car, what do you do? You take care of that vehicle. You don't make the back seat the McDonald's trash. You ever seen those cars? God, I'm believing for a new car, but you're treating the current car that you have, I just old junker, and we complain. We dishonor it. Now, if you have two-year-olds, I understand there's a little bit of a pass for the mess that happens, right? Are y'all hearing me this morning? You know, when when we were selling our other building, we went to great lengths to make sure that we were honoring the way we exited that building for the next tenants. We kept going back over, cleaning, cleaning things out, making things right. Why? Honor, honor that building. When we moved into this new facility, that's why we're doing the things we do, to honor the house of God. Because out of that attitude is how God honors you. How we treat the physical house of God, how we treat the scripture how we treat the principles in the word of God, how we treat all those principles, the scriptures, the priority, that's what God uses to bless you. Now listen, whenever we elevate our opinions above the word of God and make our opinions a priority, God can't honor us from his word. So honor has this upward flow and out of that, God flows back down into our lives these, these, these blessings. Not only does it flow upward, but guess what? Honor also flows outward. Romans actually says this. I think it's chapter 12, verse 10. It says, we should outdo each other in honoring one another. Did you hear that? We should attempt to outdo each other in the way that we honor one another. So not only does honor flow upward, honor flows outward. It has this amazing way of of blessing us back. You know how God blesses us back when we honor other people? With affection, with connection. So when we support, we encourage, we build each other up, that's honoring one another. And then honor flows downward. I just want to share a couple of principles here. First of all, um, what you make happen for other people that's what God uses to make happen for you. So once again, what are we saying? Honor has an upward flow. Honor has an outward flow. Honor has a downward flow. And when you, have a, when you honor those who may be under you or less fortunate than you, what does God do? He, he blesses you with influence in those people's lives. So honor, honor, when we're talking about an attitude that attracts the favor of God, honor, upward, outward, has a downward flow, and it flows back as influence, flows back down as a blessing. But what if I told you that there were some 
attitudes that would repel the favor of God. So if honor attracts the favor of God to our life, and a spirit of excellence attracts the favor of God, what in our lives could repel the favor of God? Wouldn't we want to know what those were? Well, first of all, it goes to say, dishonor would repel the favor of God. You can have all the faith you want to about the favor of God, but if your life has dishonor in it, what's dishonor? It's when you just diss the honor. Let me prove this to you. The Bible said that Jesus was going from village to village, town to town. He was what? Teaching. He was preaching. He was laying hands on the sick. They were healed. He was laying hands on those who were deaf, those who um, had disease, and they were being healed everywhere he went. But in his hometown, the Bible said he could hardly do any miracles. It didn't say he wouldn't. It said he was unable. Jesus was unable to perform any miracles in his hometown. And the Bible said they had unbelief because they dishonored who he was. Oh, that's, that's just Joseph's boy. That's just Mary's boy. In our life, unbelief, dis, it dishonors God. And it ties the hand of God from the blessings in our life dishonor. And once again, what are we talking about? Attitude. I think dishonor shows up in complaining the most. Don't look around, just look straight here. But our lives get full of complaining. Our lives get full of criticalness. And what does it do? It creates a dishonoring attitude in our lives instead of a grateful attitude, instead of a thankful attitude. And what happens? Dishonor will repel the, the, I want the favor of God on your life. That's why we're doing this series. I want your resources to be on, uh, uh, favored. I want your marriages to be favored. I want your opportunities to be favored. So we have to understand it starts with me having this attitude where I honor the word of God. It's the priority of my life. I, I honor those around me and I, and I honor those under me. But if I have dishonor and unbelief, Guess what it will do? It will repel instead of retract the favor of God. Yeah. Dishonor will do that. Disobedience will, will, will also do that. The Bible says, if you are willing and you are what? Obedient, you will experience the very best of the land. If. If means it's conditional. If I walk in obedience to the things that are in the word of God, if I, now, disobedience isn't making mistakes. Disobedience is just allowing yourself to live contrary to what God expects or what God says. And, and whether it's our giving, whether it's our relationships, whatever it might be, disobedience repels the favor of God. And then lastly is, guess what? Division. Division. It will repel the favor of God from our lives. It will be the coolest thing, and I believe it's the heart of God. I believe it will be God's goal for everyone to be able to walk up here, just like these testimonies that we've heard over the last few weeks, how um, God opened the doors for a couple to get a new house. Another couple, he opened the doors, not just for a house, but a vacation house. We heard this morning about how God um, favored a situation for healing, how he favored a business situation. And that, that is what God wants to do in the life of every believer who understands the favor of God. 
I'll talk a little bit more about this next time. But really, the favor of God means God gives you an advantage. God prefers your situation. God endorses you. So the only thing that could stop that, once you get faith on it, once you get belief on it, once you get revelation light that we read about earlier, once you get that, the only thing that can stop the favor of God from being attracted to your life, once you get all that revelation and you're, you're believing in it, the only thing is that, could, that could cause that to increase or decrease is, guess what? Your disposition or your attitude. It's either going to attract the favor of God because you are honoring the right way, or it's going to be repelled from your life because of dishonor, disobedience, or division. And you know, there's just, just some of us sometimes that we're, we can be divisive. Now, now remember, the honor isn't just the things you do. It's not just the things you say. It's also the things you think. I, I would put it in this sentence. Really what honor is, it's, it's honoring the word of God, the will of God, the ways of God in your thoughts, your words, and your actions. Because I can say to you, I honor you. I really do honor you. In my mind, I'm thinking, you are a bozo. You could tell your boss, I honor you, you're the boss. And in your thoughts, you're thinking, this guy's the biggest jerk ever. Or you could do what you're supposed to do, go to someone else at your workplace and be like, I can't believe they're this and they're that. And, that my boss won't do this, my boss said this. and So all of this is in our attitude. It's in our disposition. And do I believe that God wants to promote you through the ranks of where you work? Absolutely, that's scriptural. But do I also believe that your attitude could keep you from, could you stop God from his very best in your life? You absolutely can. I believe we have all at times probably tied the hands of God. And we can get excited, we can shout about it, we can learn about it. But you know, one thing God's not in charge of is our attitudes or our disposition. Now, I'm talking to all of us. Sometimes I have a great attitude. I'm really proud of myself sometimes. I have a great attitude. And sometimes my attitude stinks. Don't, let, don't look at me so spiritual this morning. But our disposition, our attitude. But when it comes to the favor of God, those are three areas of our life that I believe this morning we need to do an attitude check. And we might need to do an attitude adjustment before we even depart from here this morning. Because are there areas of my life where I'm dishonoring the word of God. Like I said, whenever we elevate our opinions or our practices above what God says, do you know if God says that you can be blessed and you don't believe it, that's dishonoring the word of God. 
Because if God said it, every promise in the Bible is what? Yes and amen. It's for you. Now, if you don't know, you're not accountable. But if you do know and choose to not believe, if you don't believe that you can be an overcomer, you're dishonoring what God said. If you don't believe that you're a champion, you are dishonoring what, if you don't believe you can be blessed, if you don't believe that you can be elevated, guess what? You're dishonoring what God said. That's called unbelief. Now don't let that condemn you. Let that change you to say, I'm going to start, if God said it, it's going to start to settle up my life. I'm going to honor what God said about me. I'm going to honor what God said, not just to do, but what to believe. You can't be favored and have the favor of God operating on your life with a really bad, stinky attitude. And listen, I get it. Let's get real. I know why attitudes get there. We, we have disappointments. We have discouragements. We have hurts. We have wounds. And it creates bad attitudes in us. But when we surrender that attitude to God, He, he can take that, change you, rearrange that. You, you, you know some of us have, have, have had so much of a, sorry if we just go there for a moment, we, we, we've just had such a poverty disposition in our life. Just a poverty disposition. That it's hard for us to believe that God could do something amazing. Well, you're from West Virginia. It's poverty there. I don't find that in Scripture. But I find what will break that is revelation light and you responding to that. You know what poverty is? Poverty is not just money. It's not just, I don't have enough money. It, it's a whole mindset. It, it's, it's a whole lifestyle. And you watch what follows it. Heartbreak after heartbreak, sickness, disease. Now, just because you have sickness doesn't mean you have poverty. It could be an attack. But I'm saying, if you want, me and Diane were talking about this earlier, we watch some people just, it's, a, it's not just a rare happening. It's a trend. It's a cycle. And what I'm preaching to you this morning is that can be stopped by you getting some revelation light and believing. And some of us have got stuck in a failure mindset because I did this, God won't ever be able to do this. That's a lie. You can't out the goodness of God. Now, look at me like you believe that. You cannot out the goodness of God. The Bible says that. It said where sin was, grace abounds. Uh, now, that, that's not a license for you to go home and do whatever. I'm just saying what the Bible says is this. It actually means this, where if you took sin a, as a river, grace floods the banks. For whatever degree you were messed up, God has that much more of a miracle for your life. For whatever degree you were broken, God has that much more of a blessing for your life. For whatever degree of your life that, that was shattered, that was um, succumbed to poverty or whatever, God has that much more of a promise for your life. So I just want to challenge you just to be crazy enough to believe what God said. You're believing, you're believing it through the eyes of what you have seen, experienced, or heard religiously. Instead of seeing it through the eyes of Scripture, seeing it through the eyes of the Word of God, seeing it through the eyes of the promise of God. That's why I said it's an attitude thing. God, I will honor what you said. I will honor what you want. I will honor what you desire above all else. And I will not let division, 
disobedience or dishonor creep in anymore. So here's how we're gonna end this this morning. Can we all stand to our feet? Feet, to our feet. I'm not this morning gonna have the prayer team come up. I'm, I'm not this morning gonna call something specific out. We, we realize here's how we need to close this this morning. This is a moment for me and you to work this out in our hearts, what you heard this morning. Don't, don't like Clay said, don't, don't be like, nice word, high five, and go home to the rest of your week. Let's stop and pause this morning and say, God, during this song, what in my life needs to be adjusted? Have you ever told your kids that you needed, they needed an attitude adjustment? Well, if you didn't tell them, you thought it. But what of us, what, what if those of us who are even adults, well, maybe you've been loving Jesus for a while, what if I said this morning, we need, to, we need an attitude adjustment? What if all it took in your life was to adjust some division or some dishonor or some disobedience or some unfaith, unbelief or some, some, some obedience? What if that's all it took in our life is to make some adjustments for God to open up some areas of favor in your life? What if that's all it took? Well, wouldn't, you, wouldn't it be willing the adjustment? So what I wanna do during this song is I want you to ask God, God, what areas of my life does there need to be a real shift or adjustment in? What areas of my heart, what areas of my life, what areas of my belief need to have an adjustment this morning? Now, you can stand at your seat. If you wanna come up here and pray it for you, you're welcome to do that. We'll be up in a moment. But during this song, let's say, God, show me the adjustment. Show me the adjustment in my life. Because I want a spirit of excellence. I want a spirit of honor that would attract the favor of God for my life. Not just for me to be blessed, because God wants to bless through you. I think we heard that in the testimony this morning. God wants to bless through you. You're just a conduit. But if you're, if you're not blessed, you can't be a blessing. If you're not impacted, you can't be, you can't be an impact. God wants you to overflow with his goodness so you are contagious. Let's ask God, what's, what's the thing that needs adjusting?